Queer, home of Canada's queer media. My name is Luke Smith. And I am Sebastian. What does, I don't know why I'm asking you in a quiz-based format, but what does Dictionary.com and the Cambridge Dictionary have in common? I mean... Besides the obvious... Other than being dictionaries, yes. Do they do they eat lunch at the same restaurant? No, this is the news this past week that independently of each other, both the Cambridge Dictionary mm-hmm. and Dictionary.com have both made their de- 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 definitions of man and woman mm. trans-inclusive. Mm-hmm. Now, what's really quite interesting is the reasoning given by the Cambridge Dictionary to the Telegraph. Mm-hmm. They said, and we're quoting, they carefully studied the usage patterns of the word woman, that this definition is one that learners of English should be aware of to support their understanding of how the language is used. Mm -hmm. And they go on to say that the Cambridge dictionaries are designed to help users understand English as it is currently being used. Yeah, dictionaries are a record of of use. They're not... they're, They're... Supposed to be descriptive, not prescriptive. So they describe what's out there in the world. They're not supposed to be telling you what you have to be doing or what you should be doing. It's not about should. It's it's about could. So if you have differing beliefs for other reasons, that's fine. Because it's, mm-hmm. it's not about, you know, whether you believe maleness or femaleness has a certain profile about it. Dictionaries are out there to say, what are the words being used by people? Mm-hmm. Um, there's actually there's been a a, a long slide uh, over the past thirty years. Actually, there's an entire grammatical feature that's been disappearing from English, uh, and that is the mass count difference. So a lot of people don't know when they're supposed to say less and when they're supposed to say fewer. Uh, and there's I, I do know some people who actually do get it correct all the time. I mean, I'm I I work as an editor, so it's my job to know. Uh, but yeah, no, it's pretty rare to see people using them correctly. Well, I mean, I say correctly. Correctly relative to 50 years ago. Modern use, it's changed. Language changes. There's a lot of things we don't do anymore that we used to do. So, I don't know. Like, you can... It's really weird. Like, you you can agree or disagree with this and still think the dictionaries are doing a good job because they're doing a record of current use. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Um in 2020, when Merriam-Webster changed their definition of female and girl to be trans-inclusive, and then somebody threatened to blow them up. Yeah, well, that's a bit much, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the guy's now been arrested, charged, and mm. I believe is in prison. Um, yeah, and then Dictionary.com, they noted that how do you define woman jumped by 1,400% in terms of their search queries. Mm-hmm. Uh, particularly this past March, during the confirmation hearing of Katanji Brown-Jackson, the Supreme Court judge, mm-hmm. where one of the Republican senators asked her to define woman. Oh, yeah, and she said she, she didn't feel qualified. She's not a biologist. That was weird, though. That was weird, because like you have the right to say, I am not an expert, but my non-expert opinion is da dot 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 which... It was a trap. There was no answer that would have been correct for that audience i don't know i still think saying i i can't define one of the most abundant things in society out there for you because i don't feel like i don't know i I think that was weird i think 
She should have hedged that. That was a weird answer. I mean, it, the you're right. The way they asked it was clearly a trap. And I think she kind of fell into it as well. She just yeah. fell into a different side of it. So, yeah. but anyway, that that's a complete, that, that's like three months old now or something, isn't it? The news, okay. well, no, the, 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 the Kenji Brown Jackson story, not, not the dictionary. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, that was March. Oh, okay. So yeah, it's oh, been yeah. a while. <laughs> but the dictionary, uh, dictionary.com made that decision on the 13th of December, and I think the Cambridge Dictionary, although they made their decision in October, mm-hmm. um, people have only just noticed. I want to move on to one of, I mean, I feel like this is peak British. Okay. Mario Margulies has been uh, hired, I believe, by the British charity called Stonewall. It is a uh, LGBT advocacy organization and support organization in Britain. Does a lot of work all over the country. And actually, you know what? I'm going to play the clip because I think you get a sense of you get a sense of it just from from hearing. Hello, it's Miriam. Where are we holding the 2030 World Cup? And how much do you want? Queer people like me. Across the globe, we love football. We just can't support it like everyone else because the World Cup is being held in Qatar and we've all seen how Qatar feels about us gays. But if that wasn't a big enough kick in the tits, the 2030 World Cup could be given to another host nation that also criminalises LGBTQ plus people, judging by the countries currently bidding for it. What about the Netherlands? Have you thought about them? They love gays, they're mad about them. Luckily, It turns out the wonderful, upstanding people who run football love donations. So we thought we'd create one of our own, the Big Gay Donation. Put your hand out, naughty boys. A donation so big and so gay, it can convince the lovely, open-minded, honest people who run football to hold the 2030 World Cup in an LGBTQ plus friendly host nation. Of course, there is every chance they won't accept our generous donation because it might go against their absolutely unimpeachable moral standards. So we'll give it to a big gay charity instead, helping support queer people all over the world, including the ones living in Qatar. So if, like me, you're a great big gay, and you love football, or if you love football and also gays, please share this video. So they're looking for a donation. Mm-hmm. I, I'm doing air quotes, but it's radio, so you can't you can't see the air quotes of the donation. Mm-hmm. I just think it's very funny that they're riffing on just the sheer corruption at FIFA. It is. It is oh, astonishing. Yeah. And this isn't hyperbole. Yeah, no. Multiple senior officials have been arrested on corruption charges. And uh, both within FIFA and within the EU. There was a, there's a woman who was arrested last yeah, week. Yeah, the who senior, senior uh, vice president of the European Commission. Yeah, and yeah. she was taking bribes or something? From Qatar. Okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Qataris are accused of bribing European officials uh, as well. So it seems like uh, accusations of bribery and corruption by the Qataris is uh, pretty widespread. I think this would make a really good movie. 
It some, would make some it. kind of action packed, not action packed, because that makes it sound more James Bondy. Like something, you know, the, the kind of thing where you get uh, uh, Brad Pitt, like an Ocean's Eleven type. I was thinking thing. more like Wolf of Wall Street type of thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where serious actors yelling at each other. Well, they in you know, Europe they rounded up. I think it was like they raided sixty locations, found millions of dollars in cash. Yeah. I mean, you know what true crime story I'm still eager for? What true crime story are you still eager for? The Great Canadian Maple Syrup Heist. The Great Canadian Maple Heist. Yes, yes. I I cannot believe no one's made a movie out of that, serious or otherwise. But yeah, no, this, the more we learn about the corruption that went into Qatar getting the World Cup, the more it sounds like an interesting movie or even a miniseries. How? I feel like Netflix has got their fingers on. Oh over. yeah, you could you could probably draw out at least twelve episodes on yeah. this. Netflix or HBO? Maybe Amazon Prime. No, no. they're they're inconsistent. Sometimes they drop the ball. Sometimes they do excellent work. They're they're still getting their legs. But yeah, but yeah, no, the whole thing is ridiculous. Uh, I do like this this idea though that if you want if you want uh, the games to be more inclusive you just need to out you just have to out bribe yeah just outbid everyone else (laughs) that is really funny that's the pink dollar at work yeah well i mean it's fifa has the exact same thing going on as hollywood people are really emotionally wrapped up in the latest movies or the latest matches but really it's a money-making thing. Mm. Hollywood does not care about your representation. They don't care about your happiness. They, they just care about whether or not you'll pay for it. They yeah. sometimes care about whether or not they're making a good movie. Uh, occasionally, actual art will slip through the cracks. I, I, To this day, I can't believe that The Truman Show came out of Hollywood and was not an independent movie. It just doesn't feel like a Hollywood movie. But broadly speaking, you get your, 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 your Marvel Cinematic Universes. That's what you get. And same thing with FIFA. They're not there to provide you with meaning in your country because of blah, 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 with the scarves and the hats and the chants and all that. They're, they're there to make a dollar. So really, if you want them to evolve, you just need to wave some dollar bills under their nose. Exactly. All right. We're going to jump to our first song of the day. This is Homemaker. Uh, or Homemaker by Fontaine. We'll be back just after this. Never wanted to be a homemaker Always wanted to live in the city With the coffee shops and little bars And the sirens and the busy cars That's all I thought I'd need Somebody's girl So forgive me if I'm a little scared To give this thing a whirl But honey, you know that you're making it easy Still I'm confused I've lost
Sebastian. I think now we have been following the Joe Lysett, David Beckham story for the last little while. More FIFA news. More FIFA mm. news. So Joe Lysett, just for our uh, listening audience, is a British comedian, uh, openly gay British comedian. And he called out uh, David Beckham for taking, I think it was like a million dollar deal mm-hmm. to go to Qatar for the world championships. Yep. Now, uh, not to play though, just to be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, famously, I don't know if you watched the FIFA documentary, but uh, when Britain was bidding for the FIFA and the Qataris were there, they were very jealous of the fact that David Beckham was there representing FIFA, uh, representing the FA in Britain and uh, not, not, uh, not available. I don't know. They've, they've, they've liked David Beckham for a long time, so it doesn't surprise me okay, yes. that they, they coughed, up a, coughed up a lot of cash for it. So in uh, early November, Joe Lysett said that if, um, if David Beckham walks away from his £150 million deal, uh, he would give $10,000 to charity. If he doesn't walk away, he'll throw it through a shredder. Right. He appeared to throw the $10,000 into a shredder, but of course it turns out he didn't. He had donated it anyway, um, and he just threw some fake money into the shredder. But he did throw... it is illegal to destroy public tender. It is illegal to... Yeah. 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 He did throw the copy of Attitude magazine... Uh, which is a famous British uh, gay magazine, uh-huh. uh, which featured David Beckham on the cover. Okay, yeah. He threw that into a shredder. So the PR team working for David Beckham, they have uh, they issued a statement exclusively to Joe Lysett's show, which said in part, and I quote, David has been involved in a number of World Cups and other major international tournaments, both as a player and an ambassador, and he's always believed the sport has the power to be a force of good in the world. Uh, It goes on to say, football, the most popular sport globally, has a genuine ability to bring people together and make a contribution 
to communities. We understand that there are different and strongly held views about engagement in the Middle East, but see it as a positive that debate about the key issues has been stimulated directly by the World Cup being held in that region. Now, Joe Lysett wasn't having any of it. He said, it's worth, uh, it, and the show aired in Britain, uh, we've not been able to find a copy of it online just yet. Mm-hmm. But at the end of his show, he talks about allies. And he famously ended on, allies are for life, not just for Christmas uh-huh. specials. And it's the idea that David Beckham has been on the front cover of Attitude magazine. Yeah. He's been an advocate for uh, LGBT people when it was convenient and cost him nothing. Mm-hmm. Now, the minute that uh, there's a yellow card threatened, the minute where there's 150 million on the table, that advocacy, that allyship goes out the window. Mm. You know, and essentially that's the, the price of, of his support for the gay community is about 150 million. I feel like the PR team almost tapped into something real, which is that you can't convince the other side by not talking to them. Um, so David Beckham going to be an ambassador of change and goodwill and blah, blah, blah. I think that that could be a positive thing, but that only works if he actually did at any point in time do any advocacy, even behind closed doors with people, just talk to them like, hey, so you know this whole controversy thing, you know that... There's an easy way to not be controversial, and that's to, you know, just stop arresting people. Like, if he had done something like that, um, because he could be that in. If if he is, he's probably one of the few LGBT rights advocates, even if it's only superficial and, you know, uh, um, you know Christmas and Easter ally, as, as yeah. Joe Lysa kind of says. But he's still one of the few people who is in both circles where... The Qataris want to speak to him and the the advocates want to speak to him. So he is that bridge. So him refusing to go cuts down one of the few channels of communication. Now, again, that only works if he actually does anything while he's there, which we don't know if he did or not. But, I mean, optimistically, yeah, but realistically, he probably didn't. So, I mean, it, it's... I. There was a, there was an episode of Have I Got News For You, and one of the um, team captains, I'm blanking on his name, the host was a famous British footballer, English footballer, okay. and uh, was going to Qatar. Okay. And he said much the same thing, you know, it's easier for me to go and have a conversation and engage in the debate, mm-hmm. and uh, Ian Hislop was the guy. Ian said, well, what's stopping you from walking into any television show or radio show in Mm. Britain Mm -hmm. and having that same debate? Mm -hmm. You know, he has a platform Mm -hmm. in the country he's in. He doesn't need to fly to Qatar, make millions of dollars to convey the same message. Yes and no. Um, Just from the perspective of changing hearts and minds in Qatar, you're more likely to get that to work for you if you actually go there and speak to the people on their own soil uh, and on their own terms as well. I don't know. It's, it's, there's sort of a diplomacy angle here is really what I'm trying to get at here. Like it, it's, there is the ability to do some diplomacy, some outreach, um, 
doing it, you know, with with soft hands and and. But again, I the, don't like. The, there's the, there's no evidence that any of that happened. Oh no, none at all. No, no, no. no, no. I'm not saying that it probably did happen. I was saying this is this is what could have happened, and I'm really I'm also kind of just disappointed in uh, Beckham's PR team that it didn't occur to them to think to say that. Like, you don't know what happened behind closed doors. He's been advocating all along. And maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. But there is that thing. Even if even if it gets shot down, I would have liked to have seen somebody like David Beckham, who does have his, his foot in both circles, to be able to go in and say, like, look, guys, people are upset. Here are my thoughts. Even if I don't change your mind, you know, I'm still expanding that conversation here. I don't think many people other than David Beckham could get away with that, really. So, but I don't know if he did that. <laughs> I don't think he did. I actually, I, I suspect he didn't. I am pretty skeptical, but I'm talking about could, not yeah. did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm going to move on now to a Twitter thread in what's left of Twitter uh, has caused... Uh, gay Twitter accounts to be all a flutter uh-huh. this past uh, this past week. So are you familiar with Uber facts? Uber facts. Not facts about the Uber delivery service. Not facts about the Uber delivery. Facts that are over. Uber. Uber. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. I- extreme facts. Extreme facts. Okay, yes. There was an article published in Wired in 2016 which Uberfacts uh, this past week quoted one of the facts out of this particular article, okay. um, you know, eight years later. And the fact is the average person kisses 21.5 people in their lifetime. Mm-hmm. I assume it means sort of passionate mouth-to-mouth kissing. Not peck on the cheek. Not peck on the cheek. Because if you live... In a a, a cheek kissing culture. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I mean that's that's twenty one people per second. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. In in France, that's just getting from your door to the grocery store. Oh no, the Dutch are worse. And the Dutch are worse. The French do. What are the? Uh, wait, let me think about the. They do left cheek, right cheek, and then the Dutch go left cheek, right cheek, and then back to the first cheek. They do three times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the Dutch and the is Parisians like, go left cheek, right cheek, full face French kissing with tongue. No, 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 okay. no. no. I, in right. Quebec, you don't even touch. You don't actually kiss their cheek. Even you like touch your cheek to them. You go mm, 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 into their ear. Oh, <laughs> so, that's cute. That's cute. But yeah, no. Uh, uh, so yeah, they're clearly talking about open mouth kissing with someone with, with potentially intimate. tongue. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it turns out that at twenty one and a half average, um, a lot of gay people are like. Were we included in that sample? Because <laughs> there is a sense that uh, gay folks have kissed more than 21 and a half people. Mm-hmm. Have you kissed more than 21 and a half people? I actually don't think I have. I think that's about right. You think you're uh, yeah. about 21 and a half? But I'm also not a, uh, a very, uh, uh, let's say, my, my, my dance card for a gay man is pretty empty. Mm. Uh, about average, actually... The more I talk to people, the more I realize I have sort of a totally normal sex life for a straight man. It's just that I do it with dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, about 21, uh, that's including like dates that ended up not going on from there. Like, Yeah. yeah. Mm. I, I suspect I'm above 21 and a half. I suspect you're above 2100. <laughs> 
I don't think I have I have kissed twenty one hundred yeah. people, um, but it's certainly probably more than twenty one and a half people. Hmm. Yeah. So it contains some other facts uh, in this initial article from uh, ten, uh, eight years ago, mm-hmm. which found that uh, boomers apparently had uh, twelve partners. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. During their lifetime, um, Gen X had 10 partners on average, and millennials had eight partners on average. Yet again, I think I may be above the average mm. on that one. Wait, are they mm, are they doing wink, wink, or are they talking about like long-term dating? What are they talking about here? Um, sexual partners. Sexual partners. Mm. Okay. Okay, yeah. Well, I mean... The rise of of STIs that could literally kill you did yeah. kind of put a damper on it people's It did have a bit of a, um, a quieting effect, yeah. as it were. What would be really interesting is to now get an understanding of how Gen Z are, are impacting that. Because I think millennials, we're talking about born in 81 through to 96. I very much remember the aftermath of the AIDS crisis, mm-hmm. for example. And then we've also had super gonorrhea, and, which is gonorrhea with a tiny cape, um, or but you know antibacterial resistant gonorrhea. Yeah, treatment resistant syphilis scares me a little bit, and then fast syphilis, which is a, sort of a colloquial term. It's not actually what it's called, but I've seen doctors sort of between air quotes call it fast syphilis. So normally the length between when you get infected with syphilis and you start going crazy or your nose falls off, like the the Victorian era extreme like boils yeah, on your when face when it gets into your um, bone marrow. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. So that's normally about twenty years, but there's a, a strain of syphilis that takes about five years before it starts wow. doing that. So that kind of stuff scares me, you know, a little. S- speedy syphilis. A little, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that one's not treatment resistant. It's just it moves so fast that even if they can treat it and cure it, you've still got physical scars from it. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so the the. The world of, of STIs is fast moving, just like everything else these days. Just like syphilis. And uh, yeah, no, it's it, having a calming effect is not necessarily a bad thing. Well, I, I yeah, I, I mean, I thought it was really interesting. Um, the, the last fact that they had, which I thought was stating the obvious, was that under 30s typically have more fun times, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, mm-hmm. than over 30s. With new people or in general? In general. Oh. I find married couples in their 30s talk a lot about the amount of sex that they have. They have quite a bit of sex, it seems. Oh, it's just a lot of conversation. Oh, uh, yeah. It, it could just be hot air coming could, out of their face. It could it could just be lies or exaggerations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I guess that also makes sense. You know, the, the hormones are still raging and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, the that whole thing about were we included, I mean, come on, that's statistics. You're on the upper edge of the bell curve. That doesn't disprove the bell curve. This is true. Yeah. This is true. 10% of the population identify as gay in one way or another. Um, I think in the US, they just did release some census data, which had, I think, a million gay couples mm. uh, was in the US, which is pretty cool as a stat to be over the million mark. Uh, we don't have a million gay couples in Canada because we just don't have that many people. Yeah, we have we have fewer people. This is true. Fewer, not less. That was a callback. 
Okay. Yes. All right. Well, we're <laughs> going to jump to our next track. This is uh, what are we? What are we listening to right now? We're listening to "Yoglo" by Milo Halo, and uh, Milo Halo is based out of Vancouver, BC. Uh, they made up of multi-instrumental singer-songwriter Amanda Joan and Nathan Beardfight. Uh, they grew up initially in Edmonton before going over to Vancouver. Did, did you say Beardfight? Beardfight is Nathan's name. Yeah, 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 yeah. Probably a stage name. Okay. Um, I don't know if his mum and dad are Mr. and Mrs. Beardfight. Um, you never know. But yeah, no, I, I would... History is weird. He has a, an epic beard, though. I mean, it's it's giving me... Um, not Zach Galifianakis. It's Zach the Comedian. Zach... No, um, it'll it'll come to me in the break. All right, this is Your Glow by Milo Halo featuring uh, the Amanda Joan and Nathan Beard fight. And we'll be back just after this. Smoke. 
Were you planning a vacation to Bali? Not really. You you know I don't like warm weather or sunshine or tourists or popular locations or happiness or bugs. Uh, Yeah, no, I I would happily take a vacation to the misty highlands of Scotland where there's no one to talk to me except for cranky people. Uh, And that would be lovely. I, I would genuinely love that as a vacation. I have a friend who went to on a vacation to Bali. Was there for about a month, mm-hmm. and uh, but a shocking new law was recently passed in Bali, which would ban sex outside of marriage, uh, as well as same sex. Well, I mean, it effectively bans same sex sex. Okay, because they don't only have they don't have equal yeah. marriage. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it doesn't take effect for three years. Uh, also, insulting the president is now <laughs> also banned. And you have to give notice of oh. any protest. Um, you know, the first country to have freedom of speech was France. And it was in order to protect the right of the people to make fun of. Well, I mean, it was to make fun of the king. And then later on, it was Napoleon. But still, like making fun of having the legal ability to make fun of your nation's leaders is... Weirdly enough, the foundation of modernity. And, you know, if we can't make fun of Justin Trudeau or Biden or whatever head of lettuce is currently in charge of the UK for this week, um, then what is the point of talking about anything at all? Like, that, it's it's critical. So, I mean, that yeah. right there, that is a huge red flag. But how is that going to affect their tourism industry? Well, it's going to decimate it, uh, just plain and simple. Uh, also... Uh, Couples aren't allowed to live together unless they're married. Okay. So it's going to have a truly incredible... I mean, everyone's just going to be roommates, roommates. In, in Indonesia. How do you enforce this? I don't even know how they're going to begin to think of enforcing it. But uh, what it will be is just open season on rounding up the gays yeah. when the fancy takes them. 
You know what I mean? But that was that was the big one of the big reasons why they decriminalized uh, same sex intercourse between men in Canada was they they looked at the numbers and it was just so expensive because there's so many false act like it, it, you got to deploy the cops to get them and then you have to make a case and that's wrapping up court time and and court time is actually incredibly expensive and and just. Everything all put together, they just said, you know, it's cheaper to leave them alone. And that was one of the conservatives who actually pointed that out in the 60s here. That it was basically like, it's kind of cheaper to just not care anymore. So how are they going to enforce this? How are they going to pay for this? Like, this is ridiculous. Well, the Bali Tourism Board have uh, have panicked Uh because they've said quite rightly that how is any touring company, how is any... You know, cruise ships, no one's going to go within 100 miles of Bali or Indonesia with these laws in place. Because how can you expect, you you could only have married tourists coming into the country. Um, You know, and I think that's, it's going to have a a pretty horrific effect on their foreign investment on there. And Indonesia relies quite heavily on tourism. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a mess. It could start up like a boutique tourism industry specifically for conservative Christian families where they want to go somewhere with their kids where there's nobody there other than other conservative Christian families with their kids. Yeah, like Utah uh, or what Disneyland used to be. Um, that that general atmosphere of you know there are no singles. There are no hot singles in your area <laughs> in Bali. Um, and the thing is, I, I think the world probably needs two or three places. Like, even if you're not conservative Christian, like if if you are an open-minded, progressive, liberal family with two kids, sometimes you just don't want to go somewhere with a bunch of frat boys and drunk white girls. Uh, but this is a little bit more extreme. Than it that. is. It this is more is, extreme, for sure. Know, yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is uh, maybe you have a roommate who, and it is a straight. You're but you're a male and a female. Yeah, and then you catch feelings. Well, now you're looking at one year prison time. You know I don't I mean? think a country that would arrest you for shacking up with your partner unmarried would allow a man and a woman to be roommates. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know how they're going to, to enforce it. Yeah. Uh, they're also, um, what was that Tom Hanks comedy where there is he and another guy and they pretended to be drag queens in order to get cheap rent? I forget. That was his first gig. That That's going back to like, I think that was actually canceled before I was even born, but yeah, no, that's a Tom Hanks, his first comedy. He's spent half the show in drag. Do you know about that? No. You should no. look it up. I it's, will. it's probably one of those 80s shows with the laugh track laughs at the parts that aren't funny and the parts that are funny are like, where was the laugh track? That was hilarious. Like Friends. I can't watch Friends. But anyway. Um, yeah, I don't think I don't think that that particular thing is going to affect people. But the it's really weird. It is weird. It, and hard to enforce. And... So a lot of laws typically don't apply to tourists. You know, uh, you know, a lot of anti-LGBT laws in particular, they're like, yeah. we don't really pay attention to, to theories. Except this law specifically includes foreigners. Oh. So, yeah, they are they are coming for the tourists. Because I know that there are parts of Mexico where they say, like, if you're within a walled resort, uh, the usual laws, like, you can't steal, you can't murder, that kind of stuff. Like, that, obviously that applies. But there's some laws that do not apply so long as you're within those walls. The, you step outside, open season. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you are now in actual Mexico. You're not in walled pocket you Mexico. Know, all-inclusive resort. Yeah. Warped reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Uh, they, they kind of go by vaguely standardized international law within some of those regions in order to allow people to just, like, smoke weed and not get arrested and, and whatnot. Um, so... But I, I, it sounds like they're not even going to do that there. No, it's no. it's anyone who is... Uh, you can't be in the same living space unless you're married, essentially. Okay. That's that's going to be... And only straight people can get married in Indonesia. So uh, it just means that every gay man in Indonesia is going to be have to be single mm-hmm. uh, and abstinent by law. Is the reality of the situation in Indonesia? Okay, okay. Which is not going to happen. It's just going to drive it underground, and it's going to further persecute. Oh, there'll just be standard lies, like yeah. Oh, he 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 missed his last train and slept on my couch. Week week. Yes, exactly. Three nights yeah. a week. Yeah, yeah. And the a lot of people in Texas are quite concerned. I mean, people in Texas are always concerned. Their power grid is not great. The, their power grid is highly concerning, but yeah. that's not why they're concerned. Now, every major city in Texas, I believe, has gone blue, Democrat. Mm. and uh, But the bulk of the uh, electoral body, via gerrymandering and other reasons, uh, is very Republican, including the Attorney General, uh, Ken Paxton. By popular vote, I think it's like 65 70%. Uh, I'm not going to say Republican, but more conservative. Because sometimes you have conservatives who are like, eh, but the local representative is an idiot, so I'm going to vote for the Democrats. Like, But yeah, I'm pretty sure that Texas is, by and large... Actually, uh, you know California has the most Republicans in all of the United States? They have the highest population, so they of course they do. a lot of people, yeah, yeah. Even though there's more Democrats there. But it anyway, it's all just a numbers game. But you know, Texas is predominantly conservative. It just happens to be that the major urban centers are progressive well the republican attorney general of texas emailed the state driving license division and demanded a list of all of the people names of all of the people who changed their driver's license from male to female and female to male Mm -hmm. in the past 24 months broken down by uh, month Mm -hmm. Uh, this is not standard procedure. No. There was no reason given for why he wanted a list of every uh, trans person in the state of Texas who has changed their driver's license. Mm-hmm. Um, he also didn't go through the standard process of uh, contacting the Department of Public Service, and then uh, they would then issue the request to the appropriate bureaucrats. Like, there is a process for getting information out of the government. Mm. That was not followed. Mm -hmm. He just emailed the driving license people being like, give me a name of all of the trans people. Mm -hmm. Um, Needless to say, people are shocked that this demand for a list of names was was made. Thankfully, the department uh, said that they are uh, unable to... uh, I've got a quote here... Ultimately, our team advised the Attorney General's office that the data requested neither exists nor could be accurately produced. Thus, no data of any kind was provided. Now, this is the same uh, leadership that have introduced multiple bills 
uh, criminalizing various elements of trans identity. And I think they've even tabled a bill to uh, ban drag performances, I think, in Texas. So generating a list of names uh, is almost Orwellian. Well, okay, so when I first heard this story... um... I really wanted to hear more details because what I was thinking was actually that that's a pretty clever way to discover how many adult trans people there are in your region. I mean, I could imagine multiple LGBTQ research groups here in Canada doing the exact same thing, asking for the exact same information, trying to see what are the actual numbers, what are the what are the what are the numbers of people who are willing to commit to that degree where they're willing to update their their driver's license to get an idea of how many trans people there are. I think that on its face is harmless. I think the way that he went about it, I think the the fact that it's kind of none of his business, he has no known good use for that information. It's it's one of those things where the devil's in the details because I again, I think on its face that's a pretty clever way to find how many trans people there are in your administrative region whether it's your state or your province or municipality or whatever. I think that's pretty clever. But yeah, there's a whole lot of is this your business kind of stuff going around where the 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 action onto itself uh, is potentially harmless. Yeah. But I, I understand why people are upset by this. So that was one of those stories where when I first read, uh, oh God, it was a week ago, I think I had first read about this. I remember thinking, yeah, it's not so bad. And they started reading the details like, oh, yeah, okay, no, it's a bit fishy. It's potentially no big deal. No, this is... But it's probably not no big deal. No, I'm leaning on the side of it's a big deal. This is uh, the same man who tried to criminalize providing uh, care to trans kids, for Mm -hmm. example. Um, The Human Rights Campaign released a statement, and they said, among other things, and I quote weaponizing state agencies and the public records to pinpoint and single out transgender Texans is terrifying, albeit not shocking. Mm. Throughout 2022, Attorney General Paxton, along with Governor Abbott, have stopped at nothing to attack the very existence of trans youth and adults. This development shows how far they're willing to go in discriminating against trans people. Uh, and it goes on from there. Um it's it's a concern. Apparently, it was a verbal request. It wasn't uh, it wasn't you know sort of standard in terms of how it was delivered. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there are people in uh, in Texas who are very concerned now that and and what a chilling effect that would have. How would you? Why would you know? You want to comply with the law and have your uh, IDs updated so that when you're stopped for a traffic ticket, for example, it's not. Uh, barriers mm-hmm. but doing so when that might get you on a list for the republican attorney general you know what i mean it's it's very and what what use would he have for that list of names you know what i mean i i don't know like as i said uh, i could think of i could think of positive uses for that kind of information just trying to get frequency numbers you know like the people disagree uh but oh my god i remember a couple of years ago they they did a survey of the united states and they asked them how many gay people do you think there are in America? And there are people who guess 60%. <laughs> and it was 
Sixty percent of Americans and were they in the Castro? Like? They were not. No, they were they were people who lived in uh, conservative rural areas, and they watched the news, and they're like, everyone on the news is gay. Everyone, in, oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. in their mind, it just got really inflated, and you had other people who thought it was like one in a million. Wow, and it, it was very, very interesting to see that kind of information. So getting. Um, <clears throat> because trans issues are in the news so often these days, it's hard to get a realistic number of how many people out there there actually are. Well, the... So getting a concrete, it's... Because even then, you're going to get some trans people who don't bother changing their license because they, they're like... Either, maybe they don't have a driver's license because yeah. they can't drive because of various reasons. Or they just never got around to it or they don't care about it. Or there's... They're, I mean, I've met trans people who never updated their license and they were just like, eh, whatever, I have a license, I can drive, who cares? You know, I just explained to the officer, they get it. Um, uh, but still, it, the number would be fudged. It would be off by 2, 5, 10%, something like that. But it would still be a more concrete number than people just guessing. Yeah. So getting an idea of how many trans people there are in Ontario, in Quebec, in Canada, that is useful information. This is a pretty clever way of getting at that information. I... I think that this is a very nefarious way of getting information. We know roughly how many trans people are in Canada because in the general social survey, uh, actually in in the census, uh, they ask people to identify um, your gender identity. And uh, I believe, uh, I don't know if it requires sex at birth, but they aggregate out that information. Yeah. You know, they don't know every individual name of every individual trans person in Canada. Mm. I just, I get very anxious when people start putting names on a list. Mm. You know what I mean? Especially when that's motivated by hate. Now, something where, as a gay man, I think there's an expectation that we would be outraged, that this is fodder for... uh Despair mm-hmm. is J.K. Rowling, the author of the Harry Potter books, mm-hmm. uh, who is infamous for uh, denying the existence of trans women uh, or the identity of trans women, has funded a new crisis centre for survivors of rape and sexual assault mm-hmm. in Scotland yep. uh, that refuses service to trans women uh, or hires trans people. And I'm okay with that. I read about this and she said, in defense of my service, there are three other crisis centers in the region that do accept trans people. So it was, she's with that context. When I first heard about this, I was like, mm, but given that context that there's a plurality of, of, uh, yeah. the reason why I, I'm, I'm, I believe, and, and, it is settled law yeah. in Canada that mm-hmm. trans women are women. It's it's a settled fact in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do believe that anyone funding more resources for victims of rape and sexual assault is objectively a good thing. It's a good thing, yeah. Absolutely. And the fact that she's putting her very substantial wealth mm-hmm. uh, to supporting women in Scotland uh, who have been impacted by this is objectively a good thing. Mm-hmm. Do I still vehemently disagree with the politics? Entirely. But I think, taken as a whole, this is really good news. It could be so much better if it was trans-inclusive, but it's still very good news. Mm-hmm. 
queer media has had a very different take on yes. it. Yes. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, a lot of people are uh, um, less than impressed, but I think fundamentally this is yeah. funding uh, for, for resources and help, and that's that. That can't not be a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, you also have to bear in mind that there are uh, individuals who disagree with some of the the trans rights stuff or maybe they they agree that people should have uh the right to transition but it's just when they are at a crisis center they don't want to have to deal with that uh maybe that's fair maybe that's not fair but they are victims and having the ability to say i want to go to the one where there are only women there um during this time of crisis i think that that is um, I don't, I don't think that's, that's harmful. I mean, you get things like, um, uh, you know, people who are, are, uh, immigrants from more conservative regions and they need a crisis center and then they show up and then they're like, I don't know, like, I don't feel comfortable being here for <coughs> cultural reasons, religious reasons, you know, uh, maybe they, they have a fundamental belief on how men and women should relate to each other and, that kind of thing and and now you're basically saying you have to accept uh western values or not get well help. i mean this came up a lot in britain with uh honor killings for example which is yeah. the most extreme definition of that yeah, yeah. and the uh, the position of the majority of brits is you're in this country you play by our rules yeah yeah and in canada as i mentioned before it's, it's settled law if mm-hmm. you go into a women's crisis center here in canada uh you may well find trans women who may well be working there yeah you know and that's also uh that's just the reality of this more progressive country that we live in yeah, yeah, yeah. um but still, fundamentally, I think it's good news because any additional help is is objectively good. It's an underfunded service. Absolutely. In now, general, yeah. We're going to finish off with the last piece of good news for the day. The High Court of Barbados has finally struck down a uh, colonial era law which uh, sections 9 and 12 of the sexual offenses act which mm-hmm. uh, criminalized buggery and indecency uh, which essentially criminalized uh, same-sex intimacy yeah uh, they have now struck it down um, making Barbados uh, one of the many countries this year mm-hmm. to strike down anti-gay laws which is uh, fantastic uh, fantastic news. Maybe everyone looking for a vacation to Bali can go to Barbados instead. Uh-huh. It's not a fa- it's not a bad trade-off. Yeah. Barbados instead of yeah, Bali. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of the Commonwealth countries are starting to go in this direction now. Absolutely. Uh, we are playing out with Behind the Christmas Lights uh, by Madison Violet, the Juno-nominated Canadian music duo. This is a great track. I uh, enjoyed listening to it earlier. Uh, I have been Luke Smith. And I've been Sebastian. And thank you for listening. Take my side I guess it's time to let me in But my granny and my uncle And a few of my friends 
Hi, hi, the Christmas light. 